my, my job is to somehow make them curious enough or persuade them by hook or crook to get more aware of themselves and where they came from and what they are into and what is already there and just to bring it out. This is what compels me to compel them. And I will do it by whatever means necessary. Welcome to the Black Girls Heal podcast, where we talk about healing our intimacy disorders, unresolved trauma, and building a healthy relationship with first ourselves and then others. Every episode, we will talk about advice you can apply today to break unhealthy patterns and grow in your self-worth. I'm Sheena Lachey, love addiction coach and trauma specialist. Let's begin. Hello, hello, ladies, and welcome to the latest episode of Black Girls Heal. So I'm recording this at 6.20 a.m. CST in the morning on Tuesday, and Tuesday is usually when the podcast comes out. Today's episode was supposed to be about how to apologize, and yes, that sounds like a really fire title and topic because it was, but listening to the episode, I just, I didn't like I didn't like how I was teaching it <laughs> and I I was up late and I got up early and me trying to record intros and other things to kind of piece in um, some extra thoughts and I was like right when I was about to upload it I was like no I, I cannot share this with everybody because when I do teach about this I want to teach about it in a more succinct way. And um, so I'm going to save that for another day. And so I was like, well, what can I talk to the girls about? What can I talk with my loved ones about? And I was thinking, how about we just keep it real practical and to the point and let me teach about doing a relationship check-in. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. Attention to all my proud plant parents. It is time to give all of your plant babies the best nutrition you can, starting from the bottom up. And that starts with the best soil to help them grow happy, nourished, and strong. Coast of Maine is an organic soil brand that is approved for organic growing and has been sourced from ocean waters and farms for over 28 years. With a full range of products that support every garden and lawn, Coast of Maine products are made to restore roots to the natural world. If your soil lacks appropriate nutrients for success, by adding Coast of Maine products, it will help regenerate the healthy microbes in your soil and set you up for gardening success. And if you have a vegetable garden, not only do you benefit via an abundant harvest, but find that there is less need to maintain and feed throughout your season. Coast of Maine continually perfects the art and science of sourcing, mixing, and composting products worthy of the people and place that aspired their brand and the healthier world it was built to serve. Coast of Maine believes in nurturing relationships with local retailers. The products are carried by tons of local retail partners who can provide advice and insight that is not found in the big box stores. Coast of Maine knows from beginner to expert, anyone who takes a hand to the land has something to offer the growing community for gardeners everywhere, which is why I love how they make organic gardening simple and approachable for everyone. So let's get growing. Visit coastofmaine.com to find a local retailer near you. Coast of Maine, like the state with an E.com. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. So you've heard me share about my journey with vitamin D and how a deficiency was causing havoc in my life, causing depression that was not helped by therapy, emotional support skills, and other resources that I had access to because the source was organic and coming from inside my body. And it was only by healing my body with vitamin D supplements that I actually saw change. And I'm not alone with me being part of the 82% of black women in America who struggle with the vitamin D deficiency due to our melanin not being able to synthesize as much vitamin D from the sun. But Black Girl Vitamins is a proud black owned brand that develops vitamins to address the specific needs of black women like iron and vitamin D deficiency. Each purchase contributes to a scholarship fund that supports black women pursuing healthcare education. Plus they're vegan friendly and 
free from harmful additives. Try Black Girl Vitamins to see improved health in areas such as energy, fertility, and pregnancy support, balancing your blood sugar, and more. Get 10% off your first order with the code HEAL10 at blackgirlvitamins.co. That's B-L-A-C-K-G-I-R-L-V-I-T-A-M-I-N-S dot co and use promo code HEAL10 to get $10 off. Take control of your health and level up your summer with Black Girl Vitamins. It's time to make this summer your healthiest one yet. Doing relationship check-ins are really vital to the health of all of your relationships, not just your romantic partnerships, which is usually the context that you may hear that in. And even that, even then, you hear it in the context of only people who are married and who have built a life together and they're looking for ways to reconnect. And so it's down the road. And I really want us to normalize the importance of doing regular, consistent, relationship assessments of all of our partnerships in every form, family, friendship, and romantic partnerships to make sure that we are constantly nurturing them, growing them, and and pruning things off that should not be there and that are that's crowding the growth and that we are also getting what we need as well. And so I'm going to break down today how to do a relationship check-in. This is absolutely inspired by the Love Woman Co., which is the only Black-owned, woman-owned stationery company that is dedicated towards helping women have healthy relationships and all of those four domains. Um, So I said family relationships, friendships, romantic partnerships, but also self-love. There is a card deck that's called Cultivate Your Relationships Card Deck that literally takes each of those four domains and breaks down different weekly challenges that you can do to assess, grow, nurture, and prune what is not working in those relationships every week. And it adds up to 52 weeks for you to do it throughout the year or to stay in one section longer than uh, longer longer so that you can um, give the care and attention to it that you will need that you need. You can learn more about the Love Woman Co and the products that are available by going to the lovedwoman.co.co not.com the lovewoman.co and looking at the planners and the card deck and the journals and you can pre-order your items and I believe they will start shipping in November right in time for the holidays. So very exciting. With that inspiration, I'm going to give you a full relationship check-in that I want you to do with all of your important relationships this week or next week. I'm giving you a heads up that this is going to feel very vulnerable. You're going to ask some vulnerable questions. You are going to need to be able to be in a vulnerable place to hear it because you're not going to be able to control how they feel in either direction, right? So this is going to require you to be open, but that's what you need for your relationships to flourish and to bloom and to grow. So I'm sending you vibes of bravery of courageousness. There's not anything super crazy that this relationship check-in is going to ask you to say to the other person. It's just the the feeling of being in your emotions and looking in someone's face and looking in their eyes, even if it's on FaceTime, and having a real conversation. So let's go ahead and let's just get into it. So the first step that you need to do is to make the list, right, of the people who you would want to have a relationship check-in for. So you're going to have three different columns and the three different columns or three different rows, um, but get a sheet of paper, get a note out on your phone, get out the notes app and make a list. Who are the people that are most important to you and your family? Who are the relationships that you want to cultivate the most in your friendships? And same thing with romantic partnerships. There are people who have multiple romantic partners, whether or not you're dating people, whether or not you're polyamorous and committed relationships, whether, or, you know, there are different stories for, for a lot of people. And so go ahead and make those columns of those relationships for you. You want to assess if these relationships are healthy relationships where you can have this type of conversation with. 
because if you are attempting to have an intimate conversation with someone who does not hold space for you, who doesn't want to talk talk about emotional issues, who projects and blames, especially if they tend to be uh, or if they are a narcissistic person or if they sometimes lean into narcissistic qualities. There are some, some of us who have loved ones who just have a whole lot of trauma and they are not full narcissists, but the way that their trauma manifests and their defensiveness and their inability to go deep stops them from being able to hear and to be able to listen to your emotions as well. So if there's anyone who falls into any of those categories who you may feel like you're chasing a little bit more in the relationship than then they are holding space for you, I I would encourage you to have caution and or to not have check-ins with those folks, but rather to do this self-assessment yourself and then maybe bring it to your clinician or, uh, or in other words, your therapist or whatever person is helping you make better decisions in your relationships because what you don't want is to go into this this moment very open-hearted and having that person make you feel like crap on the other end. Some of us have had that experience where we're trying to talk to someone, maybe we're trying to reconcile, maybe we're just trying to get understanding or move closer and they were not a safe person and it was really it was a really harmful conversation that may have felt like it took us like five steps back and I don't want you to have that experience. Um so Make sure that the people that you want to have your relationship check-ins with are available for that conversation. I just gave you some things to look out for here. If you are listening to this podcast after November 2021 and December 2021 or later, if you have our Love Woman Code Planner, you will see in the beginning there is a section for you to assess your relationships with a full list of qualities that are healthy and qualities that are unhealthy in relationships. So you can go and measure that with seeing who are the flowers in your relationship garden and who are the weeds. So there's that. Once you have that list, now it is time for you to reach out to ask them if y'all can chat and have a check-in. So even though it would probably be probably feel safer, especially for those of us who are used to kind of softening people up or kind of slipping in deep, deep questions without people realizing what's happening because there's a big risk of rejection. You don't want to to be left open and feel exposed to have someone say, girl, I don't want to check in with you or I don't care or it's not that big of a deal and to dismiss you. I'm still going to encourage you to directly ask that person or directly say, hey, girl, let's get together so we can just check in, see how things are, talk about our relationship. I'm looking to really grow and make sure I'm showing up as a good friend for you, that I'm showing up as a good cousin for you, that I'm showing up as a good support system for you, a good girlfriend. I really want to make sure I'm supporting you as a daughter, whatever your relationship tie is and and framing in, in that way. Because if you are just talking and joking and catching up on your weeks and then you slip into this deep conversation and that person is not mentally ready for that or they don't know that that's what's about to come, you may inadvertently get the same response that you are trying to avoid in the first place. And so you want people to be prepped in a way and it doesn't have to be a big, deep Hey, at at eight o'clock on Tuesday night, we are going to check in about our relationship. Be ready, be prepared. Like that can feel very ominous, <laughs> even if you have a healthy relationship. But using kind of that light script that I just shared that you want to check in with that person just to make sure that you're showing up in the best way that you can for them and that you want to just make sure that y'all are just really growing together and you're working on yourself and making it more about how you're showing up versus that you are coming to tell them all the things that they're doing wrong, which is not what this is about at all. That will really put them at ease. If they are a healthy person, if they are an unhealthy person, they're going to find every single reason, every single excuse that they can to 
to not have this conversation or again to minimize you or to say that you're doing the most or doing too much. And let me just say this. There are some people who would do that who are absolutely toxic for us and those are people we shouldn't have in our personal lives. And then there are some people in our intimate relationships like family or friends who would say something to that effect, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we need to cut them off or cut ties with them. It just means that they are not at a place in their journey where they can go there, where they can be that vulnerable. And that has nothing to do with you, but it has everything to do with their own story. So I don't want... I'm specifically thinking about women who are working on the relationship with their mothers. I feel like every week I'm talking to someone who either I I personally work with or, you know, I just met someone yesterday at, at, at a gathering and she was talking about her growing and talking about her healing and how that's impacted her relationship with her mom and how she's been trying to have these deeper conversations with her. But her mom is more old school and not able to go there. If that is the case for you, I don't want you to personalize that as a sense of rejection towards you, but more your mom, your sister, your cousin has decades worth of their own trauma and pain that they've learned to cope by only being able to go to certain depths. And it's about their process. It has nothing to do with you. And so release that if you can. So you got your list. You reach out to the person, y'all are chit-chatting, or maybe y'all already had a brunch that was already scheduled, and so you're like, hey, girl, so let me ask you this, and you you introduce the topic that way, and then you ask at the end, is that okay if, we, if I ask you some questions just so I can make sure that I am working on us and working on our relationships or that I'm just showing up for you in a good way? Get their consent, yes or no. And if there is a yes, then we continue with the next set of questions. So here are the questions and I'm just going to say them in order and then I'll come back and fluff them up a little bit. So the first question that I would suggest for you to ask is how would you rate our relationship on a scale of one to 10 right now? If you want, you can also say on a scale of one to five, but um, I would say one to 10. Next question is, why is it that number? What makes it an eight? So for example, what makes it an eight? What makes it a seven? What makes it a six? What makes it a four? Whatever number they have, the next question is going to be, what would make it a, and insert the number that's higher than the previous number. So let's say you ask them to rate your relationship on a scale of one to 10, and they say, well, I would say it's about an eight. I would... Then the next question is, well, what would make it a nine, right? Because that invites them to tell what could make it better. The next question is, what is something that I do that you really appreciate? And then finally, the last question is, is there anything bothering you or on your mind about a relationship that you would like to talk about? Okay, so let me tell you why those questions are in that order and give you a little bit more details around the strategy or the thinking around around it. So the first one, what would you rate our relationship on a scale of one to 10 right now? The reason why you want to give people specific numbers instead of saying something of, what do you think about our relationship right now? Or um, do you feel like we're good? Or something that's an open-ended question is they can easily answer with something like, I don't know, because it's such a broad question. There are so many different tangents. There's so many different layers. There's so many thoughts that either the person may not be able to pinpoint one certain thing and or it's just so much brain power for them to try to figure out what is it that you mean? What is it exactly that you're looking for? Because relationships are dynamic and relationships are 360, right? They're not one dimensional. Um, And so by giving them a number system and a rating system that they're familiar with, it gives their brain a little bit of a direction of where to go that still gets at the heart of what you're asking. So they give you the number. Also, the part about right now is really important because 
You don't want them to go and span the entirety of your relationship, especially let's say you've known someone for for decades, let's say, or even for for a year or two, but a lot has happened. I mean, think about COVID, right? The nature of how our relationships were pre-COVID over the last two years to where they are now can be vastly different. Even if we're still close to them, the ways that we operate and the ways that we move and the things that we've all been through over the last two years has varied widely, right? So you really want to focus on how is our relationship right now? You don't necessarily want to go and start rehashing or hashing out for the first time lots of things that have happened and kind of take you off the focus of the conversation. So there's that. Asking them why is it this number also cannot because they've already given you that rating, there's they already have some thoughts about where that number came from. They had to go in their mind and think, okay, I'm gonna say eight instead of a nine because of one particular thing. Something flashed through their mind. And the same same thing with the opposite direction. They specifically did not say seven because it's like, well, it can't be a seven because this is what's happening, because this is how I feel around her, because these are the things that she says. And so you asking why their brain is already kind of working in that area of why does that, why does that number fit? Asking why can also be an open-ended way to ask a question though. So you could change the why to what makes a relationship an eight right now, especially if you're talking with someone who tends to have more of a logical brain, which a lot of times is men who operate more on maybe facts and systems and just answering questions a little bit more directly versus what women typically will want to answer that's more emotional and free-flowing so if you wrote down why, go ahead and kind of scratch that out and put what. I apologize for those of you who are like, ah, oh, this is messing up my paper, my bad love. I'm sending you and your markouts love right now. <laughs> the next question about what would make it a insert the higher number there. The reason why you want to make it just one point up and not three points up, not six points up, or however low from whatever low point it may be, but just one point up is usually that gives you a clear baby step of what they're needing more. So it would become an eight if we hung out a little bit more. It would become a six if when I'm talking, you actually listen and you don't interrupt when I'm trying to explain something. It would become a three if we held hands or if we were intimate a little bit more, right? It, it, is, it doesn't make the goal so impossible because you, would, you and them both know if you're starting off at a two or a three currently in your relationship because y'all been through some things and you say, okay, well, what would make it a 10? Girl, a lot of things. There's a whole lot of things. So let's focus on incremental small 1% improvements because those are the things that are going to add up in the relationship. Those are the things that are actually going to move the needle and change the energy in a relationship if you're starting off from a place that is pretty low. If you're someplace that's really high already, you're already at a 9 or a 10, you can ask what's what would keep it a 10? What is it that you would like me to continue to do? What makes this such a good relationship for you? Right. That also leads into the next question, which is something that what is something that I do that you really appreciate? Again, starting off with the what, because that makes it a more objective answer for them because they can respond with more facts than just feelings. As you are doing this conversation, though, I want to pause here to make it clear that you can absolutely ask more filler questions in the middle. This is not a straight interview style. So I want you to kind of just breathe and relax and don't put as much pressure into, okay, I got to make sure I get all this rating stuff because this really is a conversation of you learning about what it is that this that makes this person feel loved, makes them feel seen because this is a relationship that you care about, right? We are absolutely, after I go through these questions, going to talk about you sharing what your ratings would be with this person. But first, you always want, because this is something that you were initiating, you want to start off with hearing what they have to say. 
if they respond with something that you weren't expecting or that was kind of shocking or you didn't know was a low point for you, this is where you remembering that you get to interpret the meaning of those other of the other person's words yourself. If you decide to take what that person is saying, like I want I want us to hold hands more, or I want you to listen to me more and not interrupt with them speaking. And if you change that meaning to them calling you frigid and you're cold and you're sexless and you're undesirable. Those are words that they didn't say. Those are your own insecurities and feelings that you may have for some real reasons or maybe based in some prior trauma or maybe a previous fight with somebody else that you're bringing into this conversation and you're projecting it onto that person. So it would be really important for you to be aware of when you're starting to feel where your trigger points are and where your insecurities are and that you are hopefully working with your own therapist or clinician or mental health person or mindset coach or whoever is working, helping you get more grounded to process those things. And coming into the conversation ready to use the tools that you have at your disposal if you need them. Same thing with the the example about not wanting you to interrupt them when they're talking. If you have an insecurity around the fact that you may talk too much or the belief that you may talk too much or that you're a bad listener or that you take up too much space because that's one of the the negative thoughts that you're working on in your healing journey, that you're too much, that you're too big, that you're too loud, right? And so that that person is not saying any of those things at all. They're just saying, hey, when we're in a conversation, I just want to be able to finish my point. That's all. That's all so that we can have a richer conversation, but there is no attack on you, okay? That is a really great segue into the final question for you to ask them, which is, is there anything that's on your mind or that's bothering We hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. As our country continues to grow and make new meaning of the intersection between current and historical events, it is so important to stay connected to the voices and the leaders who are influencing what progress, connection, equality, and truth mean to us as Black people. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection from some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. You that you want to talk about in our relationship. So maybe something that happened that you kind of like held in and you didn't want to share it at the moment or something you've been meaning to talk to me about. This question is really important because with the people that we love and we care about, we can be really, really tempted to always try to keep it positive um, and on the light note to not go to these negative places because we don't want to hurt the other person. We don't want them to feel bad. We don't want them to misinterpret what we're trying to communicate so it's safer to to hold it in. However, 
those things, especially if it's something that is top of mind for them, even if they are trying to not talk to you about it because they're afraid of one of those things happening, those things stay and they fester and they grow and they become weeds in the relationship. The deterioration of relationships don't happen overnight. They are typically a slow burn, which is why one day you can wake up and just no longer want to talk to somebody anymore and find that you don't trust them or have difficulty enjoying their their company or have nothing else in common with them. It doesn't it happens over time with all the things that you never say, with all the things that you never address and that you hope just your mutual love and connection will make up for. But that's not how it works. Ladies, I am so excited to share that for this podcast episode, I've partnered with eHarmony, the dating app that helps people find real genuine connection. And for me, this app has absolutely held true to their promise, connecting me to a truly incredible relationship and partnership with someone who truly gets me. Dating apps can be so hard when it comes to filtering through persons who you may not have anything in common with or who may not be super serious about the process and committed. With eHarmony's one-of-a-kind compatibility quiz, you get a baseline standard in every match of your compatibility around values, communication styles, likes and dislikes, energy levels, and so much more. My experience with eHarmony has always been superb with not only the quality of men I was matched with, but also with our compatibility when dating, eliminating the stress of feeling as if I was wasting my time. So join the dating app that helps users find their most authentic relationships. eHarmony, get who gets you and start free today. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. We have our emotional reactions. We have our our triggers for a reason because they're important to us. And so by you asking and you opening the door, that gives them an invitation to take that moment to share. And if you have a relationship where this is typically not something that happens, like maybe y'all have never had a really serious conversation like this before, a really intentional, I should say more, is intentional versus serious. You've never had a really intentional conversation just about y'all before. This can be kind of a shock in a way and a shock in that it is not something that y'all are used to doing, right? This is a new, you're forming new pathways in your relationships. This is uncharted territory. And so they may not know how to answer that at first. It may take them a moment to kind of sit and self-assess, wait, can I actually say what I've been wanting to say, especially if they're not a friend or a family member or a partner who typically is the type that shoots it straight, if they tend to be kind of a fluffer or someone who kind of lets things down easy, they are not going to be ready at the tip of their tongue to share this. And that's totally okay. So if you find that that happens, or if they say, well, I don't really have anything, or you kind of see them wavering, you can encourage them and say, no, for real, it's okay. I'm, I'm open to hear it. I won't even if it's hard to hear, I'm open to receiving it. Um, and even if it hurts a little bit, I want to hear it because our relationship is important and I'd rather us work through it versus, versus it get worse and grow down the line. That's going to be really important, not only for them to hear, but for you to remind yourself as you're saying it as well, that you're not just inviting negative feedback just to get it. Some of us Some of us, the way that our insecurities and pain plays out is we're constantly looking for evidence of how we need to, how we need to improve. And we call it personal development, but really what we're doing is our our sense of self-worth is so low that we're constantly looking for ways that, that we can self-criticize or get other people to criticize us, criticize us as well. And we say it's because we're just trying to become better people. But it's not balanced with us actually hyping ourselves up and seeing how great of a friend we are and seeing how great of a daughter we are, seeing how great of a wife or um, a partner we are, right? Which is why I wanted us, I'm encouraging you with a relationship check-in to start off with as many positive, life-giving moments in this check-in as possible before you start to go down the, is there anything else that we need to talk about road? 
This is also really important because if you did kind of ignore my suggestion to not have this conversation with toxic people, at this point, if you get this far in the conversation, a toxic person is going to take this opportunity to unload on you, to unload all the the mean or nasty things they've been thinking about you this whole time, all of the grievances that they've had towards you, all the ways that you are not measuring up for them. And at this point with this toxic person, this is not constructive feedback. This is their projection. This is their brokenness. This is their their drama, that this is their shame that they're unloading on your shoulders. And because you're open and because you may even be trauma bonded to this person, you are not going to be able to decipher to decipher what is actually real things that you can grow on versus this person just making an excuse for their bad behavior towards you. Okay. So once again, if you're listening to this point, please don't go and have this type of conversation with a toxic boyfriend or a toxic situationship or an abusive parent. I would encourage you to answer these questions yourself on a scale of one to 10. What would you rate this relationship? Why is it this number? What would make this relationship a number higher? Is there, what is it that you appreciate about this person? What is it that is, what are the things that are on your mind that have been bothering you about this relationship? And take this list and take it to a safe place to process and talk about. And then if that person or place encourages you to bring some of those components back to that person with their guidance, with their tools, then do that. But please don't do anything other, other outside of that. So they share they share what may have been on their mind. Y'all talk about it. Maybe there's an apology that needs to happen. Maybe you're at a place where you don't feel right to apologize, maybe because you disagree or maybe because it was just so shocking, like I said, that you didn't really know that they felt that way. And so you're processing what that means to you. So you really and you're trying not to be defensive because you care about the relationship, but it's really it's really kind of weighing on you. What I would say at that point, if that's you, where you either don't agree or you feel like they're making something up or that it's not, it doesn't make sense, I would respond with something to the effect of, well, thank you for letting me know. I can see how that would be upsetting to you. I'm going to think about that for a while and then I'm going to come back, then come back and talk to you about it later. Okay. The thoughts process behind you saying that is one, the thank you, gratitude for them sharing, because you do want to encourage your relationships to continue to be open with you. Even in the hard points, just as much as you want them to tell you the love and I love you and to be really vulnerable and, and clear with that, and you don't want them to withhold love and affection and joy and celebration, the way that you keep that stuff flowing is you clear out all the rocks that are clogging the path, right? And the clogging the path for the water to flow, the water of love to flow. (laughs) And so these rocks, these things that muddy up the waters, you got to talk about it to keep to keep your keep your garden healthy, to keep your river flowing, whatever metaphor sticks out the best to you right now as I'm teaching this. But this is part of the work. This is why, especially those of us who tend to be love addicts and love avoidance, we can get really addicted to the high. The high of when a relationship is great and we're in sync and things are just going really well and they're understanding us and it's like we don't even have to explain anything. And then when we have a fight, then we're done. Then when there's a disagreement, the fantasy kind of goes down and we might still hang out with them a little bit, but the level of trust goes away. The level of intimacy goes away because we have this unsaid fantasy in our mind that relationships should always be 100% perfect and happy and loving all of the time. But in relationships, all relationships, you are going to have to have these moments where you address things if you want to keep the relationship going. And sometimes the relationships do need to end. Sometimes there are seasons for all relationships. Sometimes there are seasons when you're closer and then seasons that you pull back. And sometimes there are just cut and dry. There are breakups, friendship breakups, 
relationship breakups, even family breakups sometimes, which can be really painful if there's some toxicity or abuse or um, trauma that happened. And that, and so boundaries have to be put in place there. But you're not going to know if something is salvageable and you're not going to have the richness of that forever friendship, forever love, forever um, deep relationship with a family member if you're not willing to go and have these conversations as well. But we're going to set ourselves up for success by only having these conversations with people that are healthy and that we know are truly our friends, truly there for us in our corner and truly enjoy us. If I'm going to say this as well before I go into how to talk about your side and get in and share your ratings. If you have a conversation at this point with someone and you've checked in and they have given you feedback and it's someone that you consider healthy and that loves you and is there for you, but it really is making you question and doubt your sense of identity and who you thought you were as a person. And maybe that is not necessarily a mean or abusive thing that they said, but maybe you consider yourself someone who was super loving and kind and they gave you some feedback about a time that you hurt their feelings and and it's really made you rethink, am I really a nice person? Am I really a kind person? These are all things that are why it's really important to having your support team and your support system and your supportive community, friends, loved ones, therapists, coaches, programs, whatever, or people that you can process this stuff with to make sure that you're not tripping. Because maybe maybe they were saying something from their most genuine open place that is truly how they felt, but maybe it was a projection onto you. Or maybe they were saying something from a genuine and open place that was a blind spot for you. And two things can be true, that you are a caring and loving person and you do your best with people. And maybe there's sometimes that you communicate things in a certain way or you show up in a certain way that um, can hurt somebody. And that's okay. You don't have to throw away everything that you are because you found that there was an area for you to grow. And I think, I think sometimes our sense of identity can be really fragile, especially when we're first starting to, to rebuild it and learn how to be fully in relationships and be fully vulnerable. And that's where the discomfort comes in because we don't know how to balance those those types of moments. That's why we want to keep things really positive and happy all the time because outside of that, it feels like rejection and also that fear of abandonment, right? Like if I don't get this together, if I don't fix it, if I don't make this perfect, then they're going to get tired of me and they're going to leave me when since they've been here this whole time, they ain't going nowhere. And you don't want to feed that fear and then end up sabotaging the relationship or the friendship because you're anticipating that if you make this mistake again, that they're going to end the relationship. That's why working on our self-love and our self-acceptance and our self-compassion is goal numero uno, which is why I say all the time, how you feel about yourself is going to show up in all of your relationships. And if you're healthy and if you're content and if you're whole, it's going to make every experience the loving ones, and also the ones that are a little bit more painful is going to help you stay balanced and centered, right? And now I'm going to kind of rush through this last part because my little one is up and he's going to burst into the room any moment. (laughs) So let me finish this last part. So you've had this conversation, you've talked about it, you've reached some understanding, you said, thank you for letting me know. At this point, I would encourage you to share, may I, or I would encourage you to ask, may I share my rating with you for the relationship? Are you open? You're going to ask it that way because you are asking for consent. May I share? Sometimes people don't want to hear it. Okay. And even if you just open the door for them to share, Sometimes they are not at a place where they are able to hear it, maybe because y'all talked for a long time, maybe because they have their own things that they're working through right now and they're just not at a place and they know that if you say anything because they're going through it right now, 
it's not going to land. So it has nothing to do with you, but it has everything to do with where they are right now. Um, And then also not even just for consent, but it helps their brain get into place where they are going to be open for feedback as well. So the question is actually prepping them to receive some some healthy truth and some healthy discussion on their end as well. And then the same thing with are you open is just doubling down on are you ready to have this conversation? Are you open for it? But it's not an aggressive conversation because if if you just said all that stuff, and especially if I had something that had hurt my feelings that I shared with you and I was kind of worried that it would hurt your feelings. And now you're like, hey, now I want to share. Are you ready? I'm immediately going to brace up and be like, oh, shit, like she's going to come for my neck. And that's not what this is. This is not a power. This is not a revenge thing. This is all about I love you. I love you so much. And I want to just check in and make sure that we're healthy. I want to check in and make sure that we're good. Okay. So may I share with you my ratings and how I, what, what my numbers are? Are you open? Okay. You're then going to follow the same guidelines that you just did with them. You're going to share a specific number. Okay. You're going to say, why is that specific number? You, I encourage you to ask them if they have any questions about what you said there before you go to what would make it higher. This can be really hard because here you're going to kind of be balancing the conversation on both ends. So this is kind of a pro move. I'm going to be very honest and say that this is going to be very pro for you to be able to keep all this in your mind. You may not get it right, um, but that's okay. At least you are trying. But Encourage them to ask questions to say, does that make sense? Do you have any questions about that? That kind of stuff. And because then if they do have questions and if they do need clarification, they can ask. Starting off with the same positive set of questions about what are the numbers, how I can make it better and something you really appreciate about them. If you are kind of nervous about starting this off, you can you can start off with the things you appreciate with them first, especially if y'all just finished a tough conversation that might help y'all ease into having this conversation that's more focused on how you've been feeling to help them know that this is a safe place, that this is still all love, that this is still all Gucci, that we're all good. Um, and we are just working on learning how to love each other better because we love each other so much. And once you talk about that, the appreciation, the ratings, what would make it better. If you have anything to share that's been on your mind lately about your relationship, I would ask them for consent again. I would say something to the effect of, okay, so there's been something that's been on my mind lately as well. Is it okay if I share that or do you want to talk about that later? Okay. That's going to be really, really important to give those two options. Is it okay for me to share now or do you want to talk about it later? Because if it's things are just too emotionally overwhelming, the mimosas have kicked in, it's time for one of y'all to go and pick up your kid. I'm looking at my baby monitor right now. Um, <laughs> and just there's not time for it. You have planted the seed that y'all are going to talk about it later. Again, relationships break down when y'all are not in communication. All relationships do not take for granted that just because y'all love each other, y'all have known each other for a long time because you're related by blood, that relationships cannot break down. They can and they do and they will if you're not clearly communicating what you think and not holding things in. And so you want to talk about this with them. And so if you need to talk about it later, maybe you're emotionally spent, like maybe, especially if this is one of your first times doing a really intimate, vulnerable conversation like this, you're like, I can't take anything else right now. Um, So bookmarking it to, or what is it, tabling it until another date and time and letting the other person know that you're going to revisit it is going to be really important. So that way that person knows that they are open and they've invited this conversation for later and you know that it is available for you when you are ready or whenever they are ready in case they can't talk about it or time has run out. Okay. Um, So 
that is your relationship check-in. You are going to end it with saying thank you so much for talking with me about this. I really appreciate it. And hopefully they respond with a thank you as well. If there's any saltiness or any deep negativity or problems that come from this, there may have been some things that were underlying in this relationship anyways that were there that is good that it's kind of exposed now. Whether or not it's deep problems in the relationships or maybe maybe that this is a person that you wanted to talk about deeper topics with and this conversation showed that they really don't have the capability for it, which is really important. Again, not because that means that this relationship ends. By, by no mean am I saying that, but one of the things that I really teach my clients a lot is to make sure that you have a community of a community of friends and people that you trust that you can go and share your emotions with, that you can check in about your life, that you can talk about what's going on. And sometimes they incorrectly assess that someone that they're really cool with is able to be their accountability partner, is able to be someone that can have these healthy, balanced conversations with them. And this is going to really show whether or not that's possible with this person. And so, again, it may be a little bit painful on the negative side if that happens, but it is good for that to be seen, for you to either talk through it with them later, talk through it with your therapist, talk with it if you're in one of my programs, talk with it with me um, or with any other coach or person that you have in your life um, to get some clarity with that. So there's that. And then also, I know I've been doing a lot of troubleshooting, but this can also go really well. In fact, I'm expecting for it to go better than you may believe it will be. I'm expecting for the people in your life to really be very appreciative that you are having this conversation with them, to be happy to talk about this, to be able to share some love with you, to have you put focused attention on them, to know how you can be a better friend and a better lover and a better friend to them. That's that's very validating that someone would really want to focus and hone in on that. And when people feel validated and they feel loved, they give it back in spades. And so I want y'all to have that experience. So hopefully this podcast episode that has been riffed and rushed (laughs) has been helpful for you. For those of you who are like, I really appreciate this and I would like more tools and resources for this. The best place for that is the Loved Woman Co. products that are, that's especially why they are made to help you grow in these areas, to have small steps that you can do in your everyday life, broken down in your family relationships, friendships, romantic partnerships, and self-love. So again, you can go to thelovedwoman.co and learn more. That is also the Instagram account, thelovedwoman.co and explore, put in your pre-orders. And like I said, if you're listening to this post November, 2021, December, 2021, you can put in your full orders and get it immediately. So that's it y'all. I'm sending you so much love and I will see you next week. Take care of yourselves. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. 